Yeah, I like this right here. Makes me feel free. It's got that, uh, you know, that pump. Shit, man, it's crazy. This is all about design. A hundred men living and I'm still on the ground. Eight billion views and I'm still on the tram. I'm gonna deal with Florida, now Miami's all man. I'm free, baby. Bring a D, baby. Let me show you how I live and let you live, baby. Let's be free, baby. And cruise the world. Are you with it, girl? And I made it right now. Welcome to episode one, part one of a doubleheader as we open season three of the Happy Hour Show podcast. My name is Ryan White. As you well may know, I'm back. Uh, it's been about a four month uh, layoff. I've uh, been doing a lot of traveling and um, just uh, relaxing and everything. So glad to be uh, back uh, doing podcast episodes again. Uh, feel refreshed and ready to go. Uh, glad you could join us. We have a lot to get through uh, today. A lot of news, a lot of stories in the world. Uh, we're shortly going to be joined by Olivia Rios on the podcast who I went to grade school with in DeQueen, Arkansas. And he left sometime in middle, when we got to middle school and uh, moved away and he's going to share his journey and story what he's been up to in the last uh, several years or so 
But what I want to get to first, uh, devastating news uh, that hit the world Sunday morning. Jason David Frank, who played the original Green Power Ranger on Matty Morphin Power Rangers, has passed away. Uh, they are saying it is by suicide. He was born in Cali, uh, lived as a resident in Houston, Texas the last several years. Um, he was married twice and had just recently got a divorce from his second wife, actually this year. Um, back on uh, earlier today, I was looking uh, on my newsfeed on Facebook and there was a port that he apparently got into an argument with his wife right before he committed suicide, which is just, it's just tragic. Um, he leaves behind four children. As you may know, he was well versed in MMA, uh, knew many forms of karate and taekwondo, uh, to judo, Muay Thai, held several, uh, black belts. I mean, just an all-around badass. Seemed like a great person, an individual. Um, I've just seen so many clips on Instagram of him meeting uh, people from around the world. Uh, he did Comic-Cons. Um, one of the guys I follow on uh, Instagram, he actually designed this uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers t-shirt. And he actually had one for Jason David Frank. He presented him with and it was just awesome. It had the agreeing with evil um, kind of on the the uh, logo on the po Mighty Morphin Power Rangers design. And uh, it was really cool T-shirt. Uh, I would really like to get one. Um, so uh, Jason David Frank, he fought professionally from 2008 to 2010. Uh, one of the best series, uh, speaking of agreeing with envy, it was a six episode series where, uh, you know, they had the original five Power Rangers and they brought uh, Jason David Frank in to play Tommy. Uh, he was turned uh, evil by Rita Repulsa. And I mean, he went up against, uh, you know, the original uh, Power Rangers. Uh, he eventually turned good by the sixth episode and uh, he was a Green Ranger for uh, several episodes, but he eventually lost his power. Um, and then he ended up coming back on the show as a White Ranger and leader of the group. Uh, he was on the show for about three seasons, totaling 123 episodes. And then he was uh, on and off, you know, came back, did some spinoff shows and adaptations of the Power Rangers show which, uh, you know, he was basically in that franchise for about 15 years. Um, and I was just talking to uh, a friend of mine about mental health. Uh, you know, we were just, you know, kind of talking about him passing away. And it's crazy how recently uh, majority of the deaths have either been shootings or killings in the streets or mental health related. Um, and we've had some actual shootings take place recently, which we'll cover on part two of our doubleheader season three premiere. I was uh, listening to a sermon Sunday uh, here in Little Rock, Arkansas from our pastor, 
uh, Philip Pointer, um, who is the pastor at uh, St. Mark Baptist Church here in Little Rock. And uh, for those that, you know, they've got several lines of communication. If anybody, you know, needs to talk to someone so you can text talk to 501-299-9009. If you're reading, really, really needing to discuss and talk to someone about mental health guidance or anything you are going through, uh, just know your life matters to someone. Some years ago, uh, it was 2014 to be exact, in the early fall, uh, my mom and I went to a youth explosion here in Little Rock, Arkansas, at one of the churches. And uh, one of the former pastors at St. Mark, he was actually one of the youth pastors, uh, he came to visit and they had him as a guest speaker uh, that night during the youth explosion. And the title of his message was Conquering Your Bullies. And I really liked hearing him preach uh, because usually he would break it down to where you really could relate. Um, now, of course, most pastors do, you know, they relate something that we're dealing with in life or, you know, give some scenarios and examples. But some of the young, younger generation may not can relate as much as the uh, baby boomers. Our parents basically, you know, can re relate to that old school, uh, you know, church. So, um in his message, he implemented David and Goliath. And um, he brought up like a, a younger kid and an adult to do a demonstration. And at the end of it, he basically wanted to pray for all of the teenagers, you know, that were there. And he had everyone, you know, close their eyes and he was still speaking. And toward the end, he said, raise your hand if you thought about ending your life or committing suicide. And wow, to everyone's surprise, there was some hands raised. And it's just, you know, you got, you know, parents crying. You know, it's crazy, but um, that just lets you know what some people are going through. There actually were some teenagers some kids thinking about committing suicide, whether that be bullying or, you know, whatever it is. Guys, mental health is something that is at the forefront, is a major topic. You heard from my wife uh, wrapping up negativity in the workplace on season two. You know, take time to enjoy life. You know, please travel. Uh, you need a break from work. Um, you know, life is just so short. Uh, just the blink of an eye. You just never know. And um, there's a show called All American, which you guys may have heard of. It's on the CW. Definitely check it out. Uh, they have the first four seasons on Netflix you can stream. And then uh, they have a spinoff called All American Homecoming. But uh, All American is about a high school athlete, Spencer James. He's an extraordinary athlete. Um, also, uh, he, you know, awesome in the classroom as well. So the spinoff All-American Homecoming, it takes place at a uh, fictional college, Brinkston University, which is a historical HBCU college in the ATL. And about two weeks ago, they had an episode where someone had called in a bomb threat and one of the students, uh, Cam, answered the phone and he's like assistant to the dean. And so in the last couple of weeks, he's really struggled 
um, with this. And he basically just broke Dan down and had to eventually open up because it was too much to keep bottled up inside. But the dean had declared to have a mental health day. And I say all of that to say this. You know, we work, uh, we're employees at jobs. Um, I really believe there needs to be some days off, you know, somehow added into the PTO for mental health because there are truly some people that are struggling with this disease. Now, me, myself, I try not to uh, burn PTO in the beginning of the year, which in the last couple years, I've only take, taken like, you know, a few lengthy vacations, maybe three times now, so to speak, um, you know, maybe a longer weekend or something. But this year kind of changed it up. Uh, so I got to go to Hawaii and I went to New Smyrna Beach in Florida. And those trips were four and five days, respectively, which Yes, uh, I got to actually go to Hawaii. Craziness. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, everything I, you know, could imagine. You know, I've been kind of told stories. Uh, my father-in-law and his wife and her son actually live there now. Uh, she's actually teaching and they're on their second year of living there. So I was glad to, you know, take advantage and go on the trip. Uh, got a full tour uh, the island went to Kapa or pronounced Kapa. Uh, the people were really nice. Um, and I have photos for those that uh, know me personally. Um, they're on my Instagram, Rai the Hype Guy. Um, food is really great. Had some authentic fresh fish tacos. They had actually just caught some fresh fish that day. And we ate at one of the food trucks uh, the day before I came home. Uh, had some Kona ice that was really good. Uh, makes our snow cones look like crap. <laughs> uh, Hawaiian barbecue was amazing. Uh, and just great to see some of the beaches there on the north and south shore. Uh, got in the ocean a little bit, which uh, my wife had reminded me um, about 10 years ago, we were in Miami, uh, Florida, and she was telling me about how you know, the waves come and I turn sideways and still got hit in the face, which is still funny. We were laughing about that. But if you have a chance to go, definitely do so. Uh, and this was the first time I ever have flown by myself. And honestly, I've flown about five times in my life. I do like road trips. But seriously, that was probably one of the longest flights I've been on. Um, uh, the Wednesday of the week I went had to be at Little Rock Airport around 5.30, and then uh, I think plan left by 8, got to ATL, then from ATL, traveled to LAX, and then from LAX to Hawaii. So just about 12 hours traveling. Uh, but coming back, I uh, missed my first flight ever. <laughs> um, I was in uh, Atlanta, and I was coming back home to Little Rock. And if you've ever been to the ATL, uh, International Airport, then you know what I mean. Uh, nonetheless, grateful for the blessing to make that trip and something I'll never forget. So that's a little bit what I've been up to the last few months. Uh, onto some sports news, your top four teams in the college football playoff are Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and the Horned Frogs at TCU, which one of the surprise teams this year. All those teams are undefeated, but Michigan and Ohio State 
are going to battle this weekend. Um, so one of those teams is going to probably be on the outside looking in. Uh, one of those teams will lose uh, this weekend. And would you believe powerhouse Alabama has two losses? They have one to Tennessee, and then they have one to LSU. Speaking of LSU, uh, they snuck into the top 10 uh, after that disastrous uh, opening weekend versus Florida State. I think everybody in the SEC won their opening game but uh, LSU, which was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, uh, we still got a couple weeks left of college football before the teams are announced for the bowl games. And moving on to the NFL, uh, a little bit halfway done with the season. Um, we don't know who's going to end up Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, uh, the uh, Eagles were uh, undefeated, uh, got upset Monday night football trap game to the Washington Commanders. Uh, they're still trucking. Uh, they almost got upset again this past weekend um, uh, by the Colts, but they were able to squeak out a win. So that's a little news there with NFL Cowboys uh, blew out the Vikings 40 to three Sunday. Very happy. Probably one of the most complete games that Dak Prescott has had. He just, he did really well. Uh, Tony Pollard, great running back. Uh, I think he's going to do uh, some great things. We really need to pay him uh, in the off season. On to some Marvel news here. Um, Black Panther. Wow. Uh, there was much doubt about the film. Um, as we all know, uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, passed uh, with cancer. Not many people knew he was sick. Uh, but, you know, photos of him, you know, he was really losing a lot of weight, really skinny. And, you know, nobody really knew what was going on. Then Letitia Wright, some drama with her. Uh, she, you know, didn't want to get the vaccine, COVID vaccine. It was her personal choice. But then the film had to shut down and halt because of COVID. So it seemed like it was just cursed. And then uh, she gets hurt on set uh, filming one of the scenes. So just so much uncertainty. And then they were talking about recasting T'Challa, which a lot of people didn't want to. There's probably some that did. But in the end, Ryan Coogler, one of the best directors in the game, really kept everything together. Um, along with Marvel and uh, just went to see it opening weekend and it was fantastic. Um, it was an emotional movie. I mean, from the funeral to just, you know, how to deal with the death of loved ones. Um, I don't know if there's ever going to be a magnitude uh, such a great movie like this. Um, I mean, it's such a big hit, just like the first one. And everybody you just about talk to, not just superhero movies, but just overall, uh, Black Panther is one of their favorite movies of all time. You know, just the togetherness, you know, it brought everyone, you know, from different backgrounds and cultures to see it. And everybody just really appreciated it. So, it was, yeah, it's, 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 it's probably number one on my list. Uh, it's probably tied with Endgame just because Endgame, you just you had so many characters in that film. We now have the teaser trailer for uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which actually is going to kick off Phase 5 uh, of Marvel. Uh, we get a glimpse of Kane the Conqueror, which is played by Jonathan Majors, which you may know him. He was in Lovecraft Country, which was just a great, great series uh only get canceled by hbo only lasted one season but just well put together uh by michael bay 
and um, Jordan Peele. So, yeah, just tremendous. If you haven't seen that, that's on HBO Max. You can stream that still. Uh, let me tell you, Kane the Conqueror, he's going to be the next next uh, big bad of the uh, villain the Avengers will have to deal with. The guy's no joke. Uh, he has multiple variants. Uh, he can time jump. Um, he's going to be really hard to kill. Because, like, once you kill him, uh, you know, he could pop up in a different timeline. So what I'm thinking... Um, which they announced at uh, Comic-Con in San Diego back in July, is that the uh, first Avengers movie, the the next one actually we're going to get, is called uh, the Kang Dynasty. And I'm thinking the Avengers are probably going to split up into multiple teams or they're going to you know, be sent on some conquests to basically uh, try to kill Kang basically there. Uh, but then that's going to lead into Secret Wars, which I believe that's in 2026. And the Avengers King Dynasty is in 2025. They had some shift. Uh, they're supposed to be a year earlier than those dates. But now it's going to be uh, some year, uh, a year later, actually, for both of those films. It's supposed to be 24 and 25. And now it's 25, 26. Last time I checked. But then the Secret Wars movie, which is going to be crazy if they can do like the comic books and uh, Marvel wants Ryan Coogler to be in, in that mix directing it. So, I mean, I mean, he just he's just a great director. So I just I can't imagine what, how this film is going to be because every Marvel character is going to be on the screen. It's going to be bigger than uh, Avengers Endgame, you know, so uh, that's kind of what we're getting into uh, the next saga uh, is, is going to be the multiverse multiverse saga. So it's going to be really cool. Well, we are to our first guest of season three. Uh, like I said, a great friend of mine and brother uh, for many years uh, back in elementary and part of middle school. Uh, we recently reconnected uh, on Facebook some months back. Uh, he, like I said, moved away. And on the show, he's going to be talking about what he's been up to, um, you know, just growing up and things he's had to deal with in his life and with his family. Uh, like I said, he lives now in uh, California, Watts area representing. Uh, so it's great for my brother to come on. And we actually did this episode uh, during Hispanic Heritage Month. So just uh, awesome uh, to celebrate um, the Hispanic community and everything. So I was glad he was able to come on and share his story. So uh, without further ado, I see Kate. Simas Preambulos, Bien, Bienvenidos, Olivio Rios, Dale. Sorry. 
billetes me estrella cuando canto lo que dicen Why? Una nalgada en el culo, ella grita Why? You see your booty got a I got you on the on on the air here. All righty, thank you. <laughs> I, oh man, awesome. Okay, glad everything worked out. How you doing, man? Good, 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 man. Appreciate you being on the podcast, um, man. So we just just let everybody know a little backstory. So we go back probably to what nineteen ninety two, second grade. Yeah, elementary. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know, I don't know if you knew this. So our second grade teacher, Miss Helen Long, uh, she passed away last April. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, yeah, I believe we were in the same class at uh, the Queen. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, will we be able to make pauses or would it have to be a straight inter- uh, interview? Man, yeah, we, we can go in and out. I can go back and edit. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I'm, <laughs> give me a sec. Hold on. Okay. So, All right. Because I'm going to be getting radio traffic. Okay. Copy. Okay. Yeah, we can start back again. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just tuning in. Happy hour with Ryan. Got Olivia Rios here, uh, uh, former classmate in the Queen Elementary. So, man, uh, kind of tell us, starting off, uh, where you're from or, you know, where you were born. Were you born in the Queen or were you born somewhere else? Or So, basically, um, um, I'm, uh, 
Mexican American. Okay. Uh, my parents uh, migrated from Mexico. Okay. To uh, California, to Los Angeles. Okay. And um, I was born here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the third child of uh, I want to say seven siblings. Oh wow! So big family. Okay. Yeah, a big family. Um, okay. So yeah, I was here um, in uh, Los Angeles in South Central LA. Mm-hmm. Um, most of, uh, I want to say, um, up to like maybe first grade. Yeah. So I must've been like, when I was maybe like six or seven, I think. Uh-huh. And, um, at that time, I think it was, the, uh, I was born in 84. So it was, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the early nineties. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, gang activity here in Los Angeles was pretty bad. Oh man! Uh, especially in the area where I uh, was born and I lived, um, I lived right, uh, you know, in the in the middle of South Central LA. Okay. Um, so that was one of the reasons that my parents uh, decided to move out to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow, my my family had relatives that uh, lived in in D Queen. Um, okay. And they uh, worked, um, and you know, um, our town is pretty big. Uh, I guess the biggest employment at that time was uh, Pilgrim's Pride. Yes, right. Still yeah. is, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yep. um, that's that's where my parents uh, worked. Um, I believe the the wage at that time must have been like either five or six dollars an hour. You know? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. but you know, houses were cheap at that time. Um, mm-hmm. My parents were able to buy a house. I think maybe uh, seventeen thousand dollars with an acre of land. So I mean, okay. I mean, that's kind of what lured them out there, you know, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's the country, um, you know, above, um, affordable housing, uh, work, yeah. you know, and um, that's how we ended up in Arkansas with uh, some family that my uh, distant cousin that my dad had out there. That's fantastic, man. Kind of taking us through L.A. because, I mean, and you probably seen straight out of Compton, I guess that's probably the more um recent film even though it came out 2015 about seven years ago but you know and, and that was kind of in the 80s and stuff but man i mean and you know they had the la riots so were you there for the la riots because that happened in 92 i think yeah no i think at that time i was already um already in arkansas but um okay. uh my spouse my wife um she mm-hmm. actually lived through it um she's lived in the watts area Okay. Um, her whole life, and so uh, that's like between South Central Watts and then Compton. So wow. yeah, so so her uh, her um, experience with that was that uh, she remembers the military, you know, um, <laughs> taking over curfews. Um, so yeah, so I uh, mean, she remembers all that uh, fires, um, people oh, no. looting. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty bad. It was uh, yeah. Uh, bad uh, situation, but you know, uh, definitely due to injustices, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, that that seems to have been carried, you know, on uh, even now in our lifetime, you know. Yeah, and it's still a lot of injustice going on. Yeah, man, I was just thinking. So, yeah, I was just about to correlate that with what's you know what happened in 2020, Mr. Floyd losing his life, and just you know people in the streets and you know protesting and all that. And I was like, I remember saying. It just sounded like I was an older person, like, wow, we're living in, you know, what we used to live in back in the olden days or whatever, or yeah, old yeah. times. Definitely. Um, 
you know, um, and that's kind of odd, you know, that the situation happened. Um, mm-hmm. So after I, I was uh, in Arkansas, mm-hmm. uh, my parents again decided to move to find, you know, better, uh, a better life, you know, work, uh, more money. So my my father had another cousin that lived further up north in Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> and um, he lived in Minneapolis. And um, so after my elementary, my middle school, I think almost getting into eighth grade, I ended up moving from Arkansas, um, from Dequin, and we ended up moving up north to Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah. And that's <laughs> where I spent most of my high school. And... Um, Definitely a, a change from the country to living in a big city. Yeah, uh-huh. how did you adjust? Because that's a and then it, the weather changed because it's definitely cold. I have an uncle. There's a oh yeah, definitely snowstorms. Uh, <laughs> snow uh, you know, getting snowed in uh, and I not having class because due to the snow. Um, yeah, uh, the the weather is definitely something to get. You know, you have to adapt to. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so you finished. Uh, what school did you go to there in Minnesota? Uh, there in Minnesota, um, we lived in the south uh, area of, of Minneapolis. Okay. Um, um, and there's this one main street. Uh, it's called Lake Street, and it's okay. pre- uh, predominantly um, Latinos uh, okay. on that street. Um, and so that's where we ended up falling in. Um. And uh, give me one today, man! Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, just uh, my Cowboys put off a, a seven point victory against New York Giants. So watch some Monday Night Football. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> how do you, how's your um, like you log on to work whenever you can, or yeah, work? man, it's kind of um, basically. So I've been working from home since the pandemic started. Um, oh, but back... they have a physical office. Uh, so I was in the office, man, actually two weeks, like they were just kind of talking about, you know, the coronavirus. And so, uh, yeah, we, they started, uh, we started packing up, heading home, uh, March 20th of, uh, 2020. And that's in, uh, their headquarters are in uh, Little Rock? Or? Well, uh, actually they do the, the United Healthcare insurance headquarters is in minnesota actually oh wow. um yeah but uh yeah one of the i guess uh remote locations is in Sherwood, arkansas which is kind of like north little rock it's like a little community um but yeah 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 we we actually headed home so i've been home since uh, march 23rd of 2020 yeah i've been uh i've been doing this for about 15 years already Okay. Okay. So you're and you're at um Loyola, Loyola uh, Marymount. Marymount. Yeah. Loyola Marymount. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hank gathers. Yeah. I know we were <laughs> t- talking about that when I was at the airport in LAX uh, a couple weeks ago, coming back from Hawaii. So. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. I guess where we could pick up on um, Minnesota. Yeah. So Minnesota. So did you ever go to the Mall of America? Oh, definitely. So, <laughs> so I guess after my middle school, um, getting into high school, um, like I said, I lived South Minneapolis. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, most of my middle school, 
it was that uh, I went to a school there in that area. But then when I move, we moved, when I'm moving to North Minneapolis, mm-hmm. um, different section of uh, Minneapolis, and um, <clears throat> up there I, I went to a high school called Patrick Henry High. Okay. And um, yeah, uh, I went there. But then I also, I guess, halfway through it, I ended up transferring to a. A school that was back in the south of Minneapolis, so I would travel. I would commute. Well, there was a, there was a bus that would pick me up from north of Minneapolis and take me all the way to south Minneapolis. Right. I was in a magnet program, and so um, okay, but that didn't do any good because uh, I, I ended up like uh, just skipping a lot of school. <laughs> uh, wow. So yeah. what did that? Where do you think that came from? You just because I know a lot of people. They're just uh, you know I don't know if you remember. I, we had some classmates that you know GED and that was it. Um, you know, they just were, were you just kind of like done with school? Cause man, when you get to high school, it's like, yeah, uh, you know, a lot oh, of people yeah, yeah. just done with it. Definitely. Because I guess all the moving around, I just, it was yeah. difficult for me to find a group of friends. And my friends, when I moved from South Minneapolis, um, I left all my friends back there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would find ways to meet up with them and hang out with them at their schools and missing my school. And so, that's gotcha. where Mall of America would come in. Uh, we would okay. all uh, go and get on a bus and go to Mall of America and just hang around, um, go to the movies, you know, during <laughs> school hours. Yeah. You know, and just kind of just being, you know, uh, a, a city kid just uh, gotcha. getting into trouble, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so you finished. So, did you get your GED after high, or uh, I guess uh, when you left high school, or, or I guess how did so, that, um, that um, so towards my senior year, I actually had to drop school. Uh, okay. Because um, my my father ended up getting in trouble with the law. Um, okay. And uh, he got deported to back to Mexico. Oh wow. Um, and um, at that time. Uh, we were mm-hmm. still in Minnesota, and um, we actually mo- did another move because uh, my mm-hmm. my father did a five year uh, stint, and uh, towards his last year, he they moved him to Texas. Okay. Um, and his last year, he was about to get deported um, back to Mexico, and so we followed him. My mother, uh, with all her kids, and you know, my brothers and sisters, uh, she was like, you know, hey, we're gonna follow you all the way down to texas and so he was we made it all the way to el paso so okay um so most of my high school was in in minnesota and um Mm -hmm. but you know once my father got in trouble i had a um i was working i must have been like 16 and so i started getting like you know jobs like you know at mcdonald's or Mm -hmm. stuff like that to try to help out the house Wow, so man of the house, so you're kind of trying to fill that role. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, that's a very honorable thing to uh, do at that age, yes. Definitely yes. Uh, some responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And um, after uh, all that, uh, we ended up living in El Paso. Um, and so then I just continued to work and um, just didn't, uh, wasn't able to okay. uh, finish up high school. Um, And so um, uh, while we were living in Texas, um, mm-hmm. my mother was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, no. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I to hear that. My mother was diagnosed with cancer, and so we were by ourselves mm-hmm. in Texas. No family. No, we didn't know anybody there. Ooh. Uh, so uh, yeah. we had family back in L.A., which was uh, my mom's sister. And um, 
my my mom's sister told my mom like hey you know if something were happening you do you have a game plan and my mom mm-hmm. was like no so you know we still had uh siblings that were you know um very small uh maybe i think at the time uh my younger brother must have been two and maybe my little sister might have been like three okay so uh they they were they were young uh, and yeah, so for sure and i was still maybe at that time maybe 17 um okay so good you're good you're good little di- little dispatch there yeah yeah that's what i do this uh, okay. dispatch work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome awesome so yeah so you're almost 17 and you got little siblings and then did you guys go to stay with your sister your uh my your, aunt uh, aunt, yeah auntie, my your... auntie yeah my auntie okay. opened her doors for us uh, okay and uh we stayed with her while my mother was getting treatment here in uh, california uh, there's a big uh, hospital in, um, mm-hmm. called City of Hope. Uh, it's a cancer center, mm-hmm. um, well-known. And uh, she ended up getting a treatment there. Um, so she was in remission for about two years. And, oh, wow. Um, so okay. she was good for two years, but then uh, she ended up developing a cough. Um, my, mm-hmm. my mother never smoked or drank. She was a pretty <laughs> healthy person. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, I guess the cancer, uh, I guess spread, you know. Okay. Um, and so uh, she ended up getting lung cancer, and all her vital organs got affected. And so you know, the doctors didn't give her much time. They're just like, hey, you know, it's it's downhill from here. You know, it's just it's mm. spread everywhere, and there's no more treatment for her. There's nothing else we can do. You know, so um, she lived like that for about maybe. Uh, they gave her a year. She lived for five more years. Okay. But uh, definitely, you know, in pain. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, some people have experienced, you know, family members with cancer, and it's just the. To me, it was just the saddest thing to see my mother it go is. without being able to, you know, do anything for them, but just try to make them comfortable. You know. Right, right, and that point you're kind of getting the hospice, man. But yeah, that suffering so long, you re- and God really knows is the last person to say, okay, this is their last time on earth, and you know, because do- obviously doctors can say, oh, they, you know, a year, some months, or whatever. But uh, wow, five years, wow, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and so it was hard enough because uh, once you passed, uh, at that time, maybe my brother's had grown, you know, and they were maybe like four or five now at the time. Okay. And, uh, but they were still small, you know, they were barely yeah. going to kinder. And um, I ended up taking guardianship of them. Uh, it was uh, uh, my younger siblings and uh, some teenage siblings that I had. Um, at that time, that's where I uh, met my uh, wife. Um, and she was just finishing high school. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so uh, you were saying that uh, that point you met your wife, and then oh, this yeah. is the early two thousands, because yeah, because yeah. I yeah I turned eighteen two thousand two. Yeah, so yeah. that's around okay. the time that we had moved. Uh, that was the time where I had moved back to LA, mm-hmm. um, and still working. You know, trying to because at that time my mom was already disabled and couldn't work yeah. anymore, and so uh, yeah, was working. Um, met my wife. Uh, and so she really went through it with me also. You know, she hung in there with me. Uh, let me see how many siblings I was taking care of. I was taking care of, like, four, four of my siblings that I had to take care of. So I, my mom ended up passing. 
and um, I took charge of uh, taking care of them, and she was there with me. Plus, at that time, I think my wife had already, she was pregnant with my first son. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, okay. So, so your wife was pregnant, and definitely a godsend to you, you're going through all this, and, you know, probably the biggest support, you know, God sent her into your life, you know. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. We were actually friends. Um mm-hmm. And she really uh, helped me out through all the hard times that I had and uh, kind of kept me, uh, you know, afloat definitely um, through those hard times. And it's still it's been sticking with me through it and yeah. still supports me in everything that I do. And so definitely owe uh, a lot to her. That's fantastic. So, so you were really under, you know, pretty much parental, you, you know, there for your brothers and sisters, right? Definitely. At a young age. Yeah. Yeah, definitely have young age. Um, take the father role at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah and that, and that, and you kind of, and and there's kind of a time to grow up really fast because all this stuff is happening, man. Just kudos to you and then your wife for for doing all that, man. Just very uh, honorable thing, and then you know just to be put in that role that you know that just I don't think I could do it, man. I, I tell you that that was. That, that took something, man. And I'm yeah. sure God was watching over you guys. Definitely. You know, and, and you know, helping you take care of your uh, brothers and sisters. Um, so how is it back in L.A.? Did, um, how has it been going so far moving back? Has it been a was it a pre- pretty easy transition when you moved back? Um, uh, definitely. So many years later. Definitely <laughs> uh, uh, easier transition. Um I would say, uh, so I was never um, affiliated with, uh, you know, uh, a gang, but I was like, um, in Minnesota, I was uh, around people, you know, so Uh uh, I guess you're you're guilty by association, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, I did get into a little bit of trouble, you know, um, just teenage stuff, you know. Uh, Yeah. But when I, I moved here, I think I felt like it was I was living a bad life there in Minnesota. Moved to LA, I, you know, I wasn't involved with anything. So um, wow, and that's impressive because you would yeah. think the other way around. You know, LA maybe getting into trouble, and Minnesota maybe not so much. So that that's very interesting. Yes. So to me, it was uh, exactly that's what I thought too. Like, hey, you know, California, you know, it's gonna be tough. But, you know, I stayed out of the way. You know, I didn't get involved with nothing. Like, yeah, I didn't know anybody here. So, you know, here in L.A. is a whole different thing with gangs, you know. Um, they yeah. Have deep, deep roots. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't uh, attempt to get involved in anything because now I had responsibilities. And I kind of, like, my, mind, my mindset changed to where more of, like, hey, if something happens to me, what's going to, who's going to take care of my siblings, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I got that fear in me, that, not fear, but just kind of, like, uh, I, my mind opened up, like, hey, you know, I, I got to grow up, you know, and then quit playing around, and yeah. something could happen, you know? Yeah, you never know. You never know, right? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. how how are your uh, brothers and sisters doing now? Are they still in L.A.? Or oh, definitely. Um, uh, all my younger brothers and sisters were able to get college educations you know and and so it was definitely a success story you know they Uh they they stayed focused and realized that you know they had to uh, do good for themselves and yeah and and um definitely uh, i'm very proud of them that they were able to uh 
to to do that, you know, to uh, complete a higher education, you know, and get that higher education. Uh, so definitely proud of them. For sure, man, for sure. And then, uh, man, very tragic, almost two years ago, uh, Kobe Bryant passes, or a little bit over, almost three years uh, in January, end of January 2023. Yeah. That pretty much shook the nation. I mean, I know they're in L.A. It's almost like you lost a family member in some sense. Oh, definitely. I think uh, especially because the daughter was involved, too. I think. Yeah, us. yeah. That's what hit home. Yeah. All of us uh, really felt for that family. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, definitely, I think herself might have, uh, she might, Gianna might have also been, uh, you know, uh, a star eventually, you know. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, she was going to go to UConn, University of Connecticut. They, they retired her number. Um, you know, that was she was planning to go there and just so tragic, not just their lives, but the other, uh, I believe, nine people that were on the plane. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, definitely a sad time for L.A. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of uh, at Staples centers at the time, because I guess they changed the name to crypto. But uh, OK, Staples centers uh, was uh, definitely a spot to go. And uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and just a lot of uh, a lot of LA's um, residents went out there and paid their respects. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Kobe Bryant was actually uh, well. You know, his I believe his wife is uh, uh, Mexican American. She is, and and it's yeah. awesome because we're in uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. So yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's that's uh, fun. You bring that up. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. So definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have uh, videos of him going to. You know, he would like to go to a Mexican restaurant and uh, okay. you know, order his food just like any other person. He's like, hey, just treat me like a regular customer. I'm just, yeah. you know, so uh-huh. a pretty down to earth person, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I read a biography when I was uh, heading uh, to and from Hawaii a couple of weeks ago. And it was on Kobe Bryant and just an excellent um, read, uh, a read there just on his life and his career and, you know, he was fluent, you know, uh, he knew Italian, he knew uh, uh, Spanish. Yeah. Uh, so he spoke three languages essentially there. And even when his dad played, you know, uh, th- they lived, I think, in Italy at one point. So it was just a great book and everything. It didn't it didn't really go over him passing away, uh, the accident or anything. This was just mostly a read like a chronological uh, book, like of his career. Yeah. You know, from when he, you know, born to, you know, lived overseas and then, you know, his dad, like I said, his dad playing and everything. So just incredible, man. Um, Well, uh, what do you think of the how the landscape of everything is today? You know, we've got social media um, and it's different than, you know, obviously because I didn't get my first just regular cell phone until I was in college. Yeah, definitely. Um, me and my wife bring that up all the time that we've mm-hmm. seen, uh, so much technology change. Yeah. Uh, that I remember at our times when we were maybe, I would say maybe in Arkansas, I remember that uh, uh-huh. uh, the big thing uh, was our CD players. Our, yeah. Our, our, our actually, yeah, our CD players that you know, we were able to take our CD players uh, after a test. We would, they would be like, yeah, you know, you can bring your CD players and people would take their CD players and uh, play their music, you know, while other people yeah. were finishing up their, <laughs> uh-huh. their, their, their test. And then uh, I'm like, so much has changed from VCRs to DVDs. Yeah. Uh, we've seen so much technology change in our time that it's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, just from when, you know, we were in school together, like I was saying earlier, 1992 and that's 2022. Funny. 
you know, uh, 30 plus years later, you know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's just so interesting how we're, you know, doing this podcast now and then, you know, you know, barely computers. Well, computers were kind of out. Internet was not as prevalent. As well, it, I just as remember it, you know. that some of the wealthy kids did have computers, you know, so I, there was some kids that came from money, you know, yeah. in our time. Um, and some kids that had parents that were professionals, you know, and had careers. Right. You know, and I think they had a, a better, um, I guess, uh, edge for success, you know. True, guess, true. Uh, um, but some of us didn't have that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So I know we I didn't, didn't have the resources or any of that. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I look back at our at our time and, you know, we, we knew the kids that were smart and they ended mm-hmm. up becoming successful, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But but we always like the underdog story, you know, and like I said, I, I got my first computer. I was in a senior in high school, 16. But, you know, and I, I just look back and I'm like, now I'm thinking, man, I don't see how my mom did it. I mean, she did it. You know, it take does take a village, you know, to raise, uh, you know, a child. So, yeah. um, it man, it's just I just look back and I just thinking like, wow. Just thank her for everything. Yeah, because, exactly, man, you, know, you know, not taking things uh, for granted as I, you know, thought maybe I did. And I'm like, wow, you know, single parent household, you know, where I come from, you know, very humbling. Um, definitely. I, I never understood that because, you know, I had both parents, but, uh-huh. us, you know, my father yeah. know, being in jail and then, you know, losing my mother and then just being by myself. Uh, definitely understand, the, you know, the the life of not having, you know, one parent or both parents. Yeah. Um, but definitely, um, I think that kind of changed my um, mm-hmm. thought process on um, valuing valuing what you have, you know, like, yeah. I mean, you know, um, uh, I think we take our parents for granted you mm-hmm. know, when we're young and we're teenagers and we yeah. don't know anything about life, but we think we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, and now everything that, you know, our parents or my mom used to always say to me, give me uh, advice and it all comes to play now, you know, uh, definitely. Um, I just think that a lot of the kids now really don't respect parents, you know, and or take them. They don't. And I think we would have got slapped like I, I, so many kids now get away with stuff. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I see younger kids with cell phones, you know, with high tech cell phones. And I'm like we didn't even have anything remotely like that. Like I could look at saying Ninja Turtles when we were, you know, eight, nine, 10, uh, or know, something like that. Public, public, public TV, <laughs> PBS. Yeah. TV <laughs> might've been the more advanced that, that we have just, yeah. you know, or MTV or something, you know, watching cable TV. I'll say that. Exactly. And just seeing it now. And I just, I mean, I think we're more appreciative maybe, um, I just say I'm just biased when I say that, uh, in my opinion, you know, um, I just don't think a lot of the younger kids now are, um, you know, and they're not humbled enough, you know. Exactly. They're not yeah. humbled enough. That's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just great to come from the families that we did and the values and the morals and everything. And just, Definitely. you know, we just I feel like we've come out pretty good individuals. You know, we didn't do bad. Uh, you know, I think everybody. Our grandmas would be proud, uh, you know, your mom and dad, everybody, you know, be proud of us and, and you know, still are. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, man, uh, it was great chatting with you. Thanks for coming on the show. You got any last words here for the listeners? 
Definitely, you know, it's always good to uh, um, get in contact with old friends. You know, I, I consider mm-hmm. you a friend and I have always have uh, good memories. Um, there's other people that, you know, I still keep in contact with and I always saw them as friends. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's always good when you come to a place and you don't know anybody and you and people right. will, uh, take you in as their own, you know, as a friend, as a, a brother, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I still see uh, some people as brothers there, you know, uh, as we grew up. Yeah. And D-Queen, I, I still held that their friendship, you know, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I always keep try to keep in contact with some of them, you know. Um, but definitely, I, I would actually like to see us maybe even get together sometime, you know. Yeah, man. I know we talked about a Vegas, uh, maybe sooner, hopefully. But, man, uh, as far as seeing each other. But, yeah. Uh, just a big blowout in Vegas, but it'd just be good to see you. And I have another friend I, I touched base with in LA when I was out there, uh, you know, when I was at my, my layover flight, LAX, and uh, just thought of him when I got off the phone with you. But uh, it's just great, man, connecting everything. And, and you know, uh, I'm just appreciative, not just of my friends, my I call them family, you know, friends and family together. Yeah, family, but, that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I've just always, always had a respect for he, the Hispanic community. I've always connected with them, uh, you know, and everybody's always treated me really well. Ernesto Chavez, you know, Brenda Bahina, some of my really good friends, you know. Uh, yeah, and so you as well, man, uh, La Familia, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's just important. <laughs> definitely, definitely, you know, and that's how we are, you know. You, yeah. We, uh that's I think the Mexican culture where we're we're just a big family, you know, and if you welcome us, we will welcome you and bring you in as one of our own. So that's definitely right. um, it's all about family, I think, in our in our culture. That's for sure, man. That's for sure. And, and, I, and I mean, I know a little bit phrases here and there, but uh, I took three years of Spanish. I need to brush up on it. So <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean. But man, it was a great thing. Yeah, I remember being yeah. in Spanish club, and I was the only guy in there. It was just like the best thing my senior year. All the pretty ladies in there was the only guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best thing about the Mexican culture, the Latinas, right? Yeah, man, it's beautiful. Yeah, you, yeah. your culture is beautiful. People are beautiful, man. Just everything about it. But man, Olivia, thanks for being on uh, Happy Hour with Ryan. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I consider you a friend and even maybe a brother. So. Oh, for you sure. Know, anytime. Family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anytime. <definitely> all, for <laughs> me. <laughs> all right, brother. Take care. All right. Take care. You too. All right. All right. Bye. Muchos gracias again to Olivia Rios for coming on the Happy Hour Show and delivering such an impactful story from our Latino community. And brother, hope I can head out to L.A. to see you sometime in the near future. Tune in next week as we will have Brian Hudson coming to us from Lawrenceville, Kentucky, on part two of the season three premiere doubleheader of the Happy Hour Show. And lastly, take care of yourself. Be careful and enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday, folks. Catch you next time.